calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Are you ready for the news with the side of Bell Pepper? Seriously, what the f are you doing? It's time for Trend Lightly. No, God, please, no, no! With America's sweetheart. With America's sweetheart. Oh my God! The Queen, the of, Queen Glendale. of Glendale. Glendale. Who are you? The Irish American Tornado. Surprise, motherfucker. Molly McAleer. Molly McAleer. Welcome to Trend Lightly, everyone. As you know, I'm Molly McAleer, your host. And with me, not as always, is my friend Dara Lane. Hey, everyone. What's up? Hey, Dara. Hey. So happy to be here. I'm so thankful you're here. I, When Tiffany wasn't going to be here, I was like, I know the person. Dara's the easiest to talk to. We've done a bunch of, I think, two or three Mother May I Sleep a podcasts together now. I recently came on your fabulous podcast lay do you remember this and we talked about what is it called the, the, the girls next the girls next door <laughs> oh my god i had like a complete lapse there you guys you just <laughs> witnessed early onset dementia um yeah the girls next door the one of the greatest shows of all time we did the classic kendra's birthday episode a classic, a classic episode, and they also go to the Hollywood Bowl, which, you know, when you're talking about the Hollywood Bowl, you need someone with, with good bowl knowledge, and I feel like you really brought that to the table. Thank you so much. I mean, this is going to be a real pop culture week. We are the number one entertainment news podcast in Bulgaria. As you guys know, we've celebrated that already. And it's just going to be a real feast for us. Today we're, mostly, today, we're mostly focusing on pop culture stories that have internet angles to them. A lot of familiar characters from our previous episodes today. But Thursday, I'm going to be bringing you a very special episode. I'm going to have Shannon from Fluently Forward, who has the number one American entertainment news <laughs> podcast, on this week, she does shows about blind items. Her podcast episodes are super short. They're like 15 minutes long. So I'm just, I'm pumped to be able to bring that to you and hopefully, you know, do some nice international relations. Dara, <laughs> this, this is a packed lineup today. So do you want to just like get right into it? 
Let's dive right in, baby. Okay, Dixie D'Amelio is the new face of Valentino. Of course, if you listen to the show regularly, you know the D'Amelio sisters, Charlie D'Amelio. Dixie is her older sister who's had like some singles come out. She's like the more edgy one, I guess. <laughs> I I mean, you could tell by the 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 pictures, the new Valentino pictures that like She's got a real, a real mug, mugging for the camera. She's, she's the bad girl. Oh, I always say Dixie looks like she's done time in women's prison. <laughs> that she definitely, like, she really has a vibe that would keep me from talking to her on the street. Like, and I love, I love that kind of face that just like deters people. Wait, actually, I'm going to remix that. I don't think she went to women's prison. I think she did like a year and a half in county. Ooh, okay. I don't think she – I think it was like something kind of like petty. I don't think it was something where she was going to like a state penitentiary. I think that she just fully like, you know, maybe got too many DUIs, got into some fights, and is doing a year and a half in a county jail. Or or there was just like some man that, you know, she was just kind of in the line of fire, like some idiot boyfriend – got mixed up in that it's n- nothing exactly. really that was like her own criminal behavior and her younger sister charlie is very like i don't know she's like really like sort of a classic like girl next door type beauty like very like fresh faced like she looks like the right product for her to sell would be like some sort of chapstick i mean she does <laughs> have like a million deals she and dixie have a line at abercrombie now they Whoa. have a makeup line with Morphe too, which I don't know. Why did there have to be two Morphe's? <laughs> Is it like Morphe Jr.? Well, I was going to ask if it's more of like a Kyle by Aileen too. Like there's not <laughs> an Aileen one. So. <laughs> right. You're so right. Well, it's like, it's like Aileen addition additionally, like that's how it's spelled. And it's just like Morphe number two. And that does seem like actually limited too. That's exactly what that is. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're right. The Oh, Damn. limited limited also. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, but wait. So Dixie was the one of the two to go to the Met Gala this year. And I think it's because she's more age appropriate. She was a guest of YouTube, I believe. But I thought she fucking ate, dude. Everyone was making fun of her outfit. I thought she kind of killed it. Now, see, I feel like I didn't really get a full view of everyone's Met Gala looks this year. Like, it wasn't hitting – everyone wasn't hitting my page. So I did not see see her Luke. I'll send it to you right now. Please yeah, do. Yeah, I thought Kim was awesome. I thought Kim was great. I know that that was controversial for some people. And I thought Dixie looked great. And I know everyone wants to shit on her because she's like a new media star and there's – Lots of questions about whether or not like an internet star is even valid or has space in the fashion world where I feel like some influencers or maybe really the only influencer that does it without, I think, getting a lot of pushback is Emma Emma Chamberlain. She's really accepted into the fashion scene. Now, you okay, you sent me the picture and I I actually did see this. And I got to say, I I think it's very silly, but I do enjoy it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think part of the Met Gala is to be silly. Absolutely, and I think it. I think it works. She 
is sort of reminding me of there's like a I believe it's like a some sort of Muppet or Sesame Street character I can't quite place that it, it's reminiscent of but overall I enjoy it yeah, I'm proud of her. I mean, listen, so the Valentino thing, I'm I'm not hugely surprised that she was picked for this. And I actually think she looks like kind of great in most of it. You know, I think that she's there's people who have pulled it off less. Like, how is this worse than Kendall Jenner? Exactly. And I I think there's a lot of the, you know, more TikTok-y influencer turned real celebrities who I feel like you look at them and you're like, you don't look like you came here the old fashioned way. Like you look like some sort of influencer, but she looks like a real model. She looks like a, like a real, yeah. you know, she doesn't, it, it, it she doesn't look like, um, like off the rack. She doesn't look like Nordstrom rack. <laughs> right. Well, okay. That leads me to an interesting question. Uh, Addison Ray is. I mean, is that sort of? Are you subtweeting her? With that I was. Comment? I was. I was subtweeting Addison Ray. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like you know, a beautiful young woman who's just like the most beautiful girl at UNH or something. Not like the most beautiful girl at NYU. No, I feel you. I feel you. Listen, I, I'm part of. Sorry, guys. Sorry, America. I don't think Addison Ray is going anywhere. Like, I think that she seems easy to work with. Mm -hmm. She has a very pleasant attitude. Like, I mean, maybe is she right for a campaign like this? Probably not. Although, if you've seen her mom, Sherry, okay, she's capable. <laughs> Sherry, Sherry was a model. I do think Addison Ray is just like that person. She's going to be like Maria Menounos or something, you know? And I, I love that for her. No ill will to her at all. But there is just – I feel like there's a difference in in vibe of these two of these two young women. And one, one is high fashion and, you know, one is mall. But there's nothing wrong with the mall. I agree with you. I agree with you. And ne there needs to be that too. I'm impressed that they took Dixie, who isn't a dancer – she had a much harder time, like, like coming even close to her sister's fame. And they really, like, brought her through so many things. They did the singing. They've done all these, like, products and lines. She's had, like, a little mini talk show on her YouTube channel. I think this might stick for her. I don't know. Good for her. You go, girl. Go, Dixie. You go, girl. All right. A girl who should not go. Okay, oh, just transition seamlessly. So this TikTok was unfortunately taken down. But for those of you on the show who remember Trish Paytas, how could you forget? Like many people, she has spawned a like the way that Perez Hilton was born from Paris Hilton. Mm. There's now Dakota Paytas. And this girl I've been aware of. She's been on my FYP since like maybe the beginning of frenemies, like really becoming a pop culture moment. And I'm sure she did love Trish before then, but maybe didn't feel like she could go wide with this, you know, I don't know. I mean, intense fandom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm really worried about this young woman. And I just feel like, is there any support in her life? Any sort of like therapy that is, I, I'm just wondering if there's support here. 
I know. I don't think she's well. And like, she's now deleted her entire TikTok account and her YouTube channel. And I will say that one of the comments I saw while she was sort of creating a storm this week was someone, and it actually like really broke my heart. Like I wanted to be like, I wanted to comment and be an adult and be like, guys, this is why you just shouldn't interact. (laughs) Someone commented, I went to your Instagram and you seriously have no friends. Oh no. Well, it's kind of like, yeah, of course she doesn't. She's obsessed with I think I think anyone obsessed with a celebrity to that degree is, you know, maybe maybe doesn't have a lot of IRL people in their life, but to also be like number one stan of Trisha, I mean, listen, we're we're working with with not every monkey in the barrel here. She's pretty polarizing. I mean, I'll say that. Listen, I I think the way that that's off-putting from maybe like even a Swifty or whatever is that there doesn't seem to it's it's a little more unbridled in a mm-hmm. way. Were you familiar with her before all of this? I was not. No. Okay. So, to catch everyone up to speed, Dakota first like turned on Trish maybe like last week. When she found out that Trish and Moses, her fiance, they had these new dining room chairs built and the backs of the seats are made from rabbit fur, which if you guys are familiar with how you get rabbit fur, they like literally electrocute the bunnies so they can keep the fur because anything else like you just can't keep it. So Dakota Paytas, it turns out, is a bunny owner. (laughs) And she was very unnerved by this. And she made a video being like, Trish, this is just something I'm not okay with. I'm not all right with it. And because Trish is Trish, she went ahead and like had invited a bunch of fans to her wedding. Because especially now that she's like alienated her fiance's family, who were like doubling as her friends, because she's now alienated all of them. I feel like the wedding was going to be like extra empty. Mm. Mm. And so Dakota wasn't, was one of these people invited. However, she didn't ne- she never got an invitation in the mail. Okay. So Trisha sees Dakota making all of these TikToks, basically talking about how much she loves bunnies and it sort of starts to escalate to her memeing a little bit. And Trisha sends her a, like a DM basically saying like, Hey, so I saw all your videos and like, truthfully, I, you know, I understand, but I also have leather bags. And if this is something that's like a line in the sand for you, I think it's probably best that we just both unfollow each other. So she pops up maybe, I don't know, three days ago. And she's like, Hey guys. So I never actually received the invitation to Trisha's wedding, but And she, like, moves away from the green screen, and it's, like, Michael, like, the 65-year-old costumer who makes custom outfits for Trish, had sent her a message basically saying, like, thanks for following, I appreciate you, with, like, a rose and a smiley face. You know, like, the way, like, an old man who's, like, (laughs) learning to use the internet would... And she's taken this as some sort of, like, divine sign from the universe that she needs to fly into Burbank, 
Like, you know, she already has a ticket. She bought it from a third party. That's what she said. She bought it from like booking.com. So she can't get a refund. She has a hotel already. So she's going to fly to LA and show up at Trisha's wedding. And it started to really, you know, like freak people out. I think this was like a big turning point for her. And because this was taken down, I couldn't find it. But if you guys go in the notes, you'll find that I added a link from Dustin Daly and the viewer's voice who are dating now. I think they're even married. They seemed very, very personal with each other. So definitely a, a strong partnership there. I mean, I I know they've been together, but like it's so str- – I mean, it's I've waited for the other shoe to drop with this one. There are two drama channels on YouTube, and the drama channels are basically just like – I don't know. They're basically like Perez Hilton, but talking people. And (laughs) they wound up together, like I think maybe a year ago and got quickly engaged. And I knew that they were like friends the way that you might have a friend in the drama community. But like, I didn't think they'd wind up as lovers. (laughs) I mean, two, two houses, both alike in dignity, finally coming together. You love to see it truly. Yeah, so if you guys want to enjoy that, please check out the description. There's always tons of links in the description as well as bonus links. So please check that out. Next one, this is just for me. <laughs> I, you know, I love Olivia Jade, right? How could you not? I mean, I can't get enough of her face, to be honest. She's so pretty. I It feels really weird looking at her and like knowing how much she looks like her mother just like with a little bit of filler, I, I'm really mesmerized by her face. It's like an ASMR for me. Oh, I don't think she's done anything to her face. You I don't think, that, think so? Oh. No, because she had that face when she was like a teenager. She just has like a really sort of like a very heart-shaped face with very high, gorgeous cheekbones. God, it, I mean to be born with that. I, Plus, I can't imagine. she did lose a lot of weight, which – Coincidentally, <laughs> might have something to do with what we're talking about. So she did get eliminated with Val as her partner, which I don't know if Val has ever been voted out of the competition this early. He seemed really, I don't know, like really juiced up talking about it. Like, I don't know if he was like really upset about it, but he, there was like a high vibing energy between the two of them, but especially with him that I found interesting. Yeah, I I found that interesting too. And it could be because his like 35-year-old wife is probably going to leave him for Jojo Siwa. (laughs) But have you seen Jojo dancing on Dancing (laughs) with the Stars? Yes, I saw the the Halloween episode. They did a great job together. Ton of of chemistry there. (laughs) Ton of chemistry. I think Jojo's going to win. I think she's taking it all, no question. I mean, how could she not? But It's really yeah. set up for her. It is set up for her. So, like, then Olivia Jade, she gets voted up. They do all of these little backstage interviews. And some of them look like they are filmed on literal, like, sardine cans. They are so, <laughs> like, they're such low quality. They really do, I think, just sit and do a ton of little mini press interviews after. But I wanted to play this clip because she sounds a little bit, like she's on cocaine, but she looks a lot like she is on cocaine. Mm-hmm. It's Olivia Jade. Okay. 
Let's check this link out. Hey! How's it going? It sucks. Sorry. It's really, it's extra really... disappointing. <laughs> See what he did there? Yeah, it's, it sucks, <laughs> but uh, you got you got to be grateful, and we we did get a chance to do eight weeks plus three weeks of rehearsal. You know, that's three months of hanging out with a pretty cool young woman that's gonna do a lot of great things in life, and uh, I'm just grateful that I got a chance to uh, have even a tiny bit of of a part to play in this journey and uh, in, in her. Way more than a tiny bit, like huge, huge part. I can't even like put into words, so yeah. Don't wanna get too mushy, but. But yeah, I'm Dude, I'm dying. I'm rewatching this for the first time since I first like saw it. <laughs> Dude, I'm dying. She's like feeling it, man. So like she will, like sniff a little bit, rub her nose, and then just like stare off on the that, side of the camera. That was the biggest thing that I noticed was towards, especially towards the middle, like she completely zones out. Like he's just talking and talking and her eyes are like, they're like looking into the corner, just completely vacant. And then something will happen where, you know, like we saw, just heard there, like she's spacing out and she'll be like way more than that. And it's like, you can tell, you can see what I, cause I'm not judging her for this. Listen, we've all partied. And if you haven't, why are you wasting your life? You know what I mean? But this is like, but I wouldn't, I would never do drugs like this anymore. And I'm dead serious. You guys dead, dead ass do not buy drugs anymore at all. It's over. Drugs are over. Well, yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to drop dead of a accidental fentanyl overdose. No, absolutely not. So it's kind of like this thing where she's like staring and she realizes, oh, I'm staring. And yeah. then tries to make up for it by over, like just completely overcompensating with her chime in. It's kind of great. I want to say that also Olivia Jade is basically what she's looking forward to after this is, I mean, majorly on topic for this show. She's working on her podcast and- Love it. She's getting her YouTube channel back together. So I cannot wait for that. I will definitely be covering Olivia Jade vlogs on this channel. Additionally, I really have always wanted to. Maybe we'll do this because I think we are going to be add adding some premium content through Apple soon. Maybe I'll do my little mini series I've always so desperately wanted to do, which is called Discovering Olivia Jade. And it's a... <laughs> episode by episode each episode is focused on reviewing one of her vlogs oh I love that I I will say this about that video though did you notice how it seemed like Val was like really propping her up like at like he had his arm around her waist in a way like a death grip yeah, it wasn't the arm around the waist he was doing in other interviews so I would like to see how these interviews were scheduled for sure. It also appears the way he's doing it is the way like that disgusting pastor like felt up Ariana Grande yes, at Aretha yeah. Franklin's funeral. Or well, yeah. Yeah. Is it Aretha well, Franklin? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was Aretha. Yeah. Well, at first when he was doing it, I was like, 
oh, he's such – that's so gross. Like, get your hand off of her, like, right under her boob. But then the sort of death grip he had and then, like, watching her sort of, like, zone out, I was like, is he actually just weekend at Bernie-sing her? Like, right. <laughs> like, if he lets go, is she just, like, toppling over? Yeah, I, I think probably so. I mean, it do, it does seem like that. You're absolutely right. I think that's also like a I got you sort of thing. But it, yeah, I think maybe she probably would have been like swaying or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe she has some unfortunate habit. I know you said earlier that you really love growing up dancing with your dad. Do you plan to take any of these dances home and like... Yes, of course. I will try my best. I might forget some steps now that I won't be doing it every single day, sadly. But I think that now at the dinner parties where we're all on the dance floor, I will have a newfound confidence and it might be a little bit annoying to those around me because I might be even more into it, which is hard to beat. (laughs) Okay, so that clip about the interviewer asked her if she's going to dance with her father. (laughs) at home like this and I realized during this clip that not only do I think she's done a little couple bumps backstage I think she's wasted and that's why she took a couple bumps that's exactly what I was gonna say is I think she's she seems wasted and they were trying to right the ship a little bit with some coke yeah because I don't know when when they filmed their dance or whatever but I think based on their score they knew pretty quickly that they were going home and if I'm her I'm throwing shots back oh yeah and she's you know she's a little a little tiny gal who probably hasn't been eating much as she's training for the show and a couple glasses of champs like went straight to the head and Val was like don't worry about it I got some coke and I think they both did it because he was chatting a lot. Yeah, I'm going to ask Shannon if she wants to talk about Olivia Jade because she, you know, again, she focuses on blind items. And I remember seeing several blind items come out during the whole, you know, year that her parents were, I think, yeah, no, they didn't do a Joe and Teresa thing. They were in at the same time for like three or four months. Apparently she was really hitting the party scene. This is actually a a coincidental transition, but one of her many famous Hollywood friends is David Dobrik, (laughs) the little whore, the little slut himself. Did you hear that interview? I don't know if you heard that, but David was on the street of West Hollywood after just returning from Slovakia or something. And the guy's like, hey, like, I heard you had a hard time getting back into America. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, no, but uh, I just I just flew back. And the guy's like, when? And he's like, just tonight. I just he flew back. He's like, I know I, I kind of look like a little slut. I bet you think I'm, I'm kind of like a little whore for like coming out right after I got back from the airport. But it's kind of a little slutty of me. Like, it's just <laughs> so fucking weird. <laughs> I. I I can't believe this TikTok though. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I watched it no less than ten times. I couldn't believe it every time it happened. Grrr. I have to say that to you first. But okay, guys, it's this is like a combination of so many things with David Dobrik that are just so on trend. So one, like 
I don't know. This man is getting closer and closer to coming out every day. So congratulations, <laughs> David, in advance. We all support you. But two, like he has this reputation and it's more than a reputation. It's just true that he always is like getting his friends in physical danger and hurting them, causing them to bleed. And one of his employees is his childhood best friend and his assistant, Natalie. And so he's playing this game with his one assistant. And then on the other side of him is this other assistant. And the way the game goes is you sit down and lean back and basically throw colored pencils or markers into a cup that's on the other side of the room. And before you throw one, you say something that you want someone else to do if you get the marker in the cup. Okay. So it's, I'm going to, I mean, I'm going to have to pause when the first thing happens, but (laughs) he, it winds up, he winds up like maiming Natalie in a way that like is to me unforgivable. And we'll explain more why in a moment. Okay. If I make this, you guys have to work for free for a week. If I make this. (laughs) What (laughs) was that? That was like primal or something. (laughs) It was primal. Like you could see him like clenching his butt cheeks. (laughs) Like he, I mean, it was absolute, it was an absolute freak zone thing. And he is very competitive. I'm sure that they have been playing this game for maybe like 15 hours. Like that's how he does things. He does the trick shot thing. That's his whole thing. Unfortunately, he doesn't get the shot, but. This happened. You can't see the new Spider-Man movie the day it comes out. Oof. Oh. Ow! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I'm serious, you fucking psycho. I'm so sorry. Okay, so he <laughs> slaps the marker that Natalie is holding. And instead of slapping it out of her hand, he slaps it into her face. And it's unclear whether it's the marker or her glasses but something leaves like a significant cut it looks yeah. like a deep cut on her face it's like right between her eyebrows it's like literally i i not my face is like one thing if you fuck up my face like we're gonna have a problem oh yeah well and it was it wasn't even like oh here's a scratch and there's like a little bit of just like a teeny bit of blood it was like real blood like there was a drip there like, was that a drip. Was, that, that was a cut. Also, he didn't like ask her if she was okay. No. She fully fell back onto her back. He never asked if she's okay. Like the other assistant looks con- more concerned the whole time than like thinking any of this is funny. It continues just a little bit. Hold on. <gasps> what did you do? I'm so sorry. I was trying to hit the marker. Yeah, really, you went boom right to my fucking forehead. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh my god, dude! I'm sorry. Oh my god. I'm You're not seeing that fucking movie. Shit. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm just like confused why he would post this. You know what kind of reminds me of actually is this this most recent episode of Vanderpump where we learn that James Kennedy went in for a kiss for Raquel to, to went to give her a kiss and she just had her nose job no, and he like I didn't okay so he apparently like goes in for a kiss right after she got her nose job bumps her nose really really hard and she was concerned that him doing that like basically bent her nose 
And so then he has to go to Lisa and tell her about it for some reason. Who knows? So he tells her about it and she was like, of course, her first concern is like, was this like a domestic assault sort of thing? And it's like, no, it was an accident. And she's like, what kind of kiss like inflicts that much damage? And I feel like this is the same sort of thing where it's a type of asshole dude who didn't mean to hurt you, but it's like he has no awareness of like bound, like personal space and just like, just kind of going wild and like a little boy, like a nine-year-old where you don't just flailing about and like people get hurt and you're like, oh man, I didn't mean to. It's like, you didn't mean to, but like you need to start (laughs) using your, your arms and hands like an adult. Right. And like, well, I don't know if you're familiar with like David at all, but there was a thing earlier this year where he blinded one of his friends. Oh, wait. Yes. Okay. This is a psycho who needs to be stopped. Exactly. And like the other thing is that he has this Discovery TV show coming out that's going to be like him seeing the world for the first time because he hasn't been able to leave America like well, since Trump, really, but I just don't think he ever really traveled much. So he, like, goes back to his home country. I think it ends with him in, like, Dubai or something. And it's, you know, I mean, they're trying to, like, get his image back on track because he lost so much this year between, like, him participating in what essentially led to one of his friends raping a girl to allegations of like discrimination and racism and fat shaming and like people who had left his group like one of the guys in the vlog squad was like drunk and they were making a video and he stepped on this guy's girlfriend's foot oh my god she's a model and it gave her a permanent autoimmune disease of what (laughs) because like yeah she was like predisposed to have this thing and she got a permanent autoimmune disease and she broke up with her boyfriend because he's like one of the camera guys and very in with all of the vlog squad. You know, they do like podcasts together. He's basically employed by them. She broke up with him because he wouldn't let her talk about it because he didn't want people to know that someone in the vlog squad basically handicapped his girlfriend. You know, there's actually a pretty recent SVU episode that I think was based off of off of all of these guys. It was. Like, that's why I know the guy who played, what was his name? Diggy Wheeler? Yes. That's the name of the... I mean, honestly, I would be... To me, that's worse than anything that's ever happened to David Dobrik. I'd kill myself. <laughs> if SVU made me this, like, sexless little virgin doll bitch. <laughs> like, like, no penis. Like, nothing. It was... Yeah, it was so strange. But it's, like, very odd to me that in the middle of all this, David's like... Yeah, like, I'm working on my image. Like, I'm trying to, you know, mix the line. I mean, he was on his friend's podcast this week. My friend Jordan was texting me about it. And he, like, fully admitted to, like, being a uh, doing coke back in the day, which was, like, very surprising because he's someone who's always been very – he doesn't even drink. Like, he's always been very sober. So I think he's trying to, like, age himself up and, like, show that he's not a perfect person. So that he can have some more room in his life to like, I don't know, maybe not fuck up so hard. But 
I just think it's weird he's adding like hitting bitches to his that, rap. That is the one thing that I'll never understand about certain online heavy people where it's like, you know that you don't have to post this. This is not like an interview with Olivia Jade coked to the gills where they're putting that out there, whether she likes it or not. Like you don't have to show this video of you violently hitting your friend. No, you don't have to do that. And if anything, it's like he has a PR team. Like I think his PR person approves everything that goes up. So this has to be like intentional in some way. I I don't think like the PR person would just like space. No, I think when it comes to these types of people, it's everything they post is calculated. So this had to be some, some part of the narrative that they wanted to put out there, but good Lord. Yeah, I know for sure. Well, speaking of domestic violence, (laughs) This is something that's been going around for a while now. I know it because when Taylor Swift went on Jimmy Kimmel to promote Evermore this year, she accidentally made the new domestic violence hand signal and fans (laughs) thought that she was communicating (laughs) on Jimmy Kimmel Live that she is being domestically abused by her boyfriend, which is like not funny. We're not laughing about that, but it is funny because people are crazy. But this actually gotten to, you know, this information is sort of like slowly gotten around now. And I think people are learning this domestic violence hand signal that was invented during the pandemic in Canada by some sort of, I don't know, women's safety organization or something. But this was for people who, you know, when they couldn't get away from their abusers and they were stuck on Zoom all day. It was a signal that you could do that's fairly discreet. Basically, it's like put your hand up and then tuck your palm or tuck your thumb into your palm and then put your four fingers over that folded. Fold them around that thumb, baby, and let people know you're being domestically violenced. So the 16 year old girl, she had been reported missing from Asheville, North Carolina, and she got rescued after flashing the signal from a car on a Kentucky interstate. And someone was able to call the police because they recognized the signal from TikTok. Let's talk about this. I Can I tell you, I always wonder how we're going to start these things and then what happens when too many people know them. Right. Well, uh, when I first heard about this, I was wondering, realistically, did that person actually recognize it from TikTok or was it just like, seeing a 16 year old in the car who's like making hand signals at you and you're just like that seems weird I'm gonna call the police is it really like recognizing the the symbol so let's see according to the New York Times it says the girl 16 was using a new distress signal tucking her thumb into her palm blah 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 the signal created by the Canadian Women's Foundation I mean wow I was really improving and apparently that's all right <laughs> For people to indicate that they're at risk of abuse has spread largely through TikTok in the past. The person who spotted the signal called 911 and conveyed suspicion that the girl was in trouble because she was using the hand gesture. So they mentioned the hand gesture in the 911 call. The dispatcher and officers were unfamiliar with the signal. Sheriff's deputies pulled the car over to investigate. So let's talk about this. I, I have a I have a thing, right? I'm I'm very like, this is for ladies to know. 
And so putting it in the New York Times is actually, it feels dangerous to me. Yeah. It's kind of, it's besides the point of the whole thing. Right. And it's like, what if your abuser realizes you've been like doing that everywhere you go <laughs> and most people just don't know? It's a reminds me of that, that can I order a pizza country song? Yes. Yes. Where I'm like, don't put it on country radio. They're going to find out. And it's hard because, you know, these are things we should spread around, but there's really no great way to do it because abusers are so pervasive. And this is the kind of thing that ticks them off. Well, I was going to say, like, of course, the police department had no idea what this distress signal was. But then I was like, that's probably for the best because, you know. They all murder their wives. They're, they're, all, <laughs> they're all domestic abusers, so it's probably best to keep it out of uh, their sphere. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, police officers. Are they, like, statistically, like, the most abusive profession? Yes, like, by far. Wow. It's, like, the vast majority of, of them have some sort of domestic assault backgrounds. So let's – there's probably studies we could read about this, but – I really just want to like just keep riffing with you on that. So what happens? Do you think like obviously a certain type of person is drawn to being a police officer and then, you know, they were always going to be like that almost anyway? Or do you think that maybe being it's it's less about who you are when you come in, but more about the power that you get used to once you're in? I, I mean, I think it, it's probably both, but I think for the most part, my guess would be the former, that these are people who are attracted to a career where you're in power in some small way, and you're also in, like, violent power. I, you know, it, I, I've, I've heard this saying before, like, if cops really wanted to help people, they'd become firefighters. <laughs> Yes, so true. Yeah, and we do love firefighters. We, you gotta love a firefighter. I mean, sure, are a lot of them not getting vaccinated? Yeah, but you know, I, I still appreciate, you know, them uh, signing down those poles. And uh, is it like the kinds are the firefighters that are not getting vaccinated? The kind that like the woods. Like, what's the what's the population spread on that? Because I feel like I believe the ones who like the woods, who are like drawn to like putting out wildfires, like they're probably pretty earthy, crunchy. You know, well, to be. I think I I think a lot of the um, firefighters that were getting into trouble over it were New York firefighters, mm. because they had I believe they had a mandate, and a lot of them were were saying, uh, uh-uh, uh, not today. That's right. And now Florida is hiring them. <laughs> of course. I think that's it. I think I think for the PD as well. I saw a social media post that said that any like New York officers who can't get employment or fired fires who can't get employment now to come to Florida and they'll like expedite the process of them joining their police department, which made me, of course, think of like the Gabby Petito pipeline. I'm like, we have to stop. Stop going to Florida when you want to retire. What's the big deal? I've been there. It's disgusting. It's horrible. There's plenty of better places to go. Like uh, my parent, my mom, my stepdad, when they, when my mom was married to him, they had this like house in Florida. I think I went like three times and like the house was nice, but you just couldn't leave it. 
Like, it was so hot, oppressively hot, 24-7. Oppressively hot. And I would also say this, now that there is COVID, what a terrible place for an elderly person to retire. A place that is very hostile towards towards keeping their elderly safe. I completely agree. And and I I don't know. It does have this quality to it. I think you can probably avoid it somewhat if you live in a great house where you can stay inside all the time. But Florida is a real state of mind. Like you really get down there and you start to you see the people you came with start to change. Mm -hmm. And you see like just everywhere you go, like sometimes things will be normal for a bit. And then you'll just see like one person that's like fully like driving a scooter barefoot helmetless like nipple rings out (laughs) like baby like loosely strapped to their back with like a a cord of rope and like just living their life and you're like oh yeah it's fucking nuts here it is nuts here I yeah I have a primal fear of Florida to be honest the the handful of times I've been I've always walked away saying, never again, never again. I mean, someday I'd like to visit Miami maybe, but I've never been there. But I've been to Tampa and, you know, I don't really need to go back. Right, right. But yeah, I feel like, you know, I always think I'm I'm like, let's brainstorm a new way to order a pizza. (laughs) Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. But then I'm like, you can't do that, Molly, because then everyone is going to hear you on your podcast. You guys, low-key in a low-key area, maybe underneath the Instagram post for this episode. Tell me some, tell me some domestic violence signals you want to get on and pop in because we got to keep these private. Do you remember hearing about there's like um, at bars, they had like in the women's bathroom, little flyers that were like, if you feel uncomfortable on a date or someone's talking to you, order this at the bar. Yeah. The angel shot. The angel shot. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like that's how things need to stay is like really like in a local place by place basis like women's spaces like yeah. places men would never go like we could put them in therapist's office yeah. <laughs> that would be great like you would never see a man in there like no just different places like that would be good so maybe even suggest places on that instagram post of places you'll never see a man oh there is i did read this story a, a little while ago that there are some hairstylists that are getting trained to I guess basically 
talk with women and be like support systems and like uh, know how to spot the signs of domestic abuse because so many women have like very close relationships with their hairstylists and it's like the only time that they have uninterrupted moments away from their abusers yeah which I think I think that's a good one yeah I actually to this day I still think about when I worked at a salon in high school something I saw where this woman had just like given birth her baby was like brand fucking new and this was definitely a time when women did not get highlights when they were pregnant (laughs) she was like really overdue and she came in she was like carrying her pregnancy pillow and you know like highlights they don't take 90 minutes even though sometimes they'll be on the schedule for 90 minutes they take like two hours you know minimum yeah and so her husband was driving around with the baby and the baby was screaming I guess and he came in and was like we gotta go we have to go right now we have to go and he oh. was like so he was like screaming and like made her leave the salon with her foils still in her hair no and like which if you guys don't know what that means that means like he fucked her he jacked her shit up and then like rushed her out and then came back a minute later grabbed her pregnancy like her little donut pillow off of the chair so it's probably because she was like trying to sit in the fucking car and like he ripped her away from her donut and like as he's leaving he like slams the door shut because this is like not we don't have like spring doors in Lexington Mass honey that's like an (laughs) old wooden door dude and it was just like it sits with me till this day in such a disturbing and upsetting way I was only like 15 at the time I had never seen anything like that in that way and I realize now looking back you know it could have partially been like I mean there's so much there like I think it really spoke a lot to or maybe I never really considered how much like men are just like unprepared to take care of their babies oh yeah especially like back then like the baby was like something that he should only have to deal with when they're like clothed and changed and smell nice and you know not crying and when she's like in the next room ready to swoop in when when things go awry not like she's in a chair right and it's like she just gave birth dude like let her get her fucking hair done like I'm sorry that I know it's awful I mean listen like I I think about that a lot for for like you know I'm very sympathetic I think when I see young women who are mothers just like the amount of crying I I can't imagine what that would do to a person like it it just seems like so exhausting because like if you're sensitive if you're someone who's sensitive to noise like good fucking luck because at the same time it's not like you can like put on airpods (laughs) and just like jam out because you have to hear if that baby's like you know choking on something or falling on you know it's just like all of your senses are like fully overloaded when you're a new mom and I can't imagine what you know I just I'm so I was so yeah I'm still pissed about it I wish I could call that motherfucker up but then get this right so one time she came back to the salon alone like the baby was a little bit older and she had the baby in the car seat and she had a blanket over the car seat because you know he's sleeping in it and I was like oh my god can I see your baby and she was like yeah of course and she pulled back the back the blanket 
Dara, this baby had an adult size nose. I had never seen a baby with like an adult human nose on it before. And I think I was like, he's beautiful or something. And like, but like, I have no poker face. Like, you know, I mean, this poor woman, she went through a lot at Copley Salon, not just like having that whole DV incident happen, but then this 15 year old girl not being able to fake that her baby. <laughs> It's looking like a damn half man, half, half glowworm, you know? I can't imagine though, for her to come back to the salon that, I mean, I guess maybe that shows her threshold for like domestic violence that it didn't occur to her, like go to a new salon. Like that, like I would, if that happened to me, I would be too embarrassed to come back and be like, Hey, yeah. Can you fix my completely fried highlights that I had to wash out myself after like they'd been sitting for 40 minutes too long. Right. Oh, I mean like you've never been a Javier though. Oh, <laughs> he I works mean, magic. If you, knew, if you knew Javier. Yeah. If maybe if you knew him, then you would feel <laughs> somewhat differently, but no. Yeah, it, it does. It says a lot. It says a lot. I mean, yeah, I think also it, while it was like crazy at the time, you know, there was three male hairdressers there and like two women and both of those women were also incredibly like self-possessed creatures. Right. So I really feel like one of them would have stepped in if yeah. it was like, I mean, it also all happened so quickly. If she's anything like me, she has such severe trauma that she literally probably doesn't even remember and has told herself like it was bad, but like it's, it could be worse. Like yeah. no 15 year olds got traumatized today and we'll be talking about it, you know, 22 <laughs> years later on her podcast. Like, God, I would give anything to just like drop down on where she is now and be like, Hey, do you remember that one time? Well, <laughs> I hope that motherfucker's dead. I hope I the father, so I, I mean, their kid would be old enough. Like, and plus like, you know, you don't have to grow up with it. If your dad's like that, you shouldn't have to grow up with a dad. In general, dads are creepy to me. I mean, I, was it January? January Jones said something like the worst, the most traumatic thing to a child is having a father or something like that. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> it's probably true. Like, listen, huge week for the Swifties and I don't even know what's coming. Um, we record this Sunday by Tuesday when this is airing, you, we, we will have all gotten another music video. But like the line about her dad and all too well, I'm like, you know what? I don't like I don't like that he says, you know, it's supposed to be fun turning 21. I'm like, well, Scott, <laughs> you just let this man charm you. Like, why? Because he's a fucking celebrity. And I remember in Miss Americana when Taylor said, Oh, you know, I'm I'm I want to get this law passed. It's about stalking me. And he goes, Oh, you're talking to me. I'm the guy who went out and got armored cars. Like very much giving like Elizabeth Smart's dad saying that coming out was the hardest thing he's ever gone through. Yes. Like it's just like, dude, you like you can it's father of daughters behavior mm -hmm. where it's like you cannot imagine what not centering yourself at the middle of something feels like. Like that is I, I don't know. I'm kind of, guys, I'm iffy about Scott Swift. I'm iffy. I did not like him in Miss Americana. I I wanted her and her mother to just, like, walk straight out the door. And he just seems so out of touch 
it, I feel like Taylor is really like waking up to it. Yeah, Andrea is a queen. Her mom, I really appreciate her mom. She seems so sweet. Love her. I, yeah, I don't know about Scott. The thing that a lot of people don't remember is that they're like kind of secretly, privately divorced. They like never talk about it, but her parents are divorced. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, yeah. So she's already walked out that door. They, so she has his number. She sings a lot about dads in mm. folklore and evermore. I'm telling you, I think, you know, I don't know about Scott Swift, but I do like, you know, sure. It's nice that he hands out guitar picks at her show, but I think he <laughs> might be emotionally manipulative. Okay, so Dara, are you left-handed? No, I'm right. Same. I'm also right-handed. But a left-handed queen, Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> had a big birthday this week. She turned 60. Uh, a oh, Scorpio queen. 66. Same as Kris Jenner. They're on the same exact path. Oh, I love right? that. I think they're both Scorpio women. Whoopi Goldberg is a left-handed queen. She does have an EGOT. By the way, guys, I'm going to have to unpack my Taylor Swift EGOT theory next for you. But I, I mean, she's going for it hardcore. I don't know if you've noticed. Is she? Okay, that makes sense. So she could be, I mean, basically the only thing she doesn't have a clear pathway to right now is a Tony, mm -hmm. but I do think she's going to be releasing a jukebox musical potentially based on the love triangle in folklore. Okay. Yeah, I mean, famously, the the Grammy is the easiest of acronyms to get and like that's like really she cornered the Grammy market right and the Tony is I feel like the hardest or no I guess I guess an Oscar can be but not for her not as a performer as, so, as a singer yeah so the short film is gonna be obviously eligible for an Oscar I think maybe even the song all too well itself will be eligible for an Oscar separately from the film so there's two possibilities right there. I was looking up last night. I couldn't really find any answers. I know that she could potentially be, if she wrote her lyrics in that Three Virgins song on SNL, oh. she could win an Emmy for that. She could, I was wondering, I could. I don't know if I could really find it. I was looking, but a musical performance, if you can have a musical performance, I feel like All Too Well is an obvious, an obvious pick for that, for a nomination at least. And I think that for the Grammys this year, I don't think that Red will be nominated or win Album of the Year, but I think All Too Well will win Song of the Year. Hmm. Yeah, and I guess that a Tony would be, as long as she puts out a musical, I mean, a Tony is going to be really easy for her to get because they're just going to give it to her. So they have Taylor Swift at the Tonys. Exactly. And also they will. I mean, she's going to write it with a lot of intention. I'm sure she'll be adding new music to it. And I mean, the girl knows how to tell a story. She her lyricism is incredible. So I kind of feel like writing a musical could be the easiest thing she does. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's nothing stopping Taylor from much and certainly not from getting an EGOT. I think she can she can do it before the uh, before the year's through, baby. Do you think Taylor is secretly married? 
Hmm. No. I don't know. I don't do you? Either. I don't no, think so. No, I don't so. either. And I'm tired of people trying to fucking push that on me. A, a, Why? a dear friend of mine who I will keep anonymous said to me, oh, I really thought she would like announce her marriage at the end of the all too well movie. I'm like, why would she do that? Like, why, why Why? would she include her marriage announcement (laughs) in the all too well video? (laughs) And also why would she blow that kind of content by keeping a a secret marriage? Like, wouldn't she like you, like, wouldn't we really be along the way with her, like with some album if she like, would she really just burn that content and just be like, oh yeah, I'm secretly married. Other I, people I were suggesting that maybe she would announce she was married on Seth Myers. And I'm like, oh yeah, because that's how Taylor someone like Taylor Swift does it. Are, they go on are fucking people Seth Myers. No, I know. <laughs> Seth My- like, what are you talking about? Right. Like, oh yeah, 35 minutes into the release of one of her biggest albums of all time, like the most anticipated record possibly in years, if I'm being honest. I mean, it's crazy how for the longest song to ever even be in like the top 10 let alone to chart at number one it has over six million listens like 48 hours we're 72 hours out i think now and it's like dude this is it's like the biggest it's the biggest song of all time so why would she 35 minutes into the re-release of this album go on seth meyer's not even not even jimmy fallon like okay i am from new hampshire seth is a hometown hero of mine of course but honey like he would have to sell his soul to the devil to get the devil but also like just like how random like i she absolutely would she's this is a woman who is in control of everything she does if you guys saw the jimmy fallon interview by the way the dude is like he was like spoiling Easter eggs left and right. Like she gave him a couple looks like, am I going to have to like check you, dude? Like, am I going to have to check you? Do we stop the show? But guys, it would be like done through an album or at least like an incredible Instagram post. You know, there's no way she's not even the type to like sell wedding photos, even though I'm sure like Vogue would publish them. She's not even the type to do that. It, it's so painfully uncool to announce your secret marriage on Seth Meyers. Like, where, what are people huffing that they could ever imagine that that would be a possibility? It's, it's Dara, I'm so crazy. glad you said that. No, like, I feel like a bully, but I really do walk through the internet every day with like a read a fucking book mentality. Like, get read a fucking a- grip. Get a grip. I I mean, I totally understand. You know, some people might not be as savvy as two two women like us, but like this is just use your brain. Use your goddamn brain. Yeah. Wake up, challenge yourself. I wasn't gonna talk about this and this isn't in our doc, but I'm I, I have to do it now. Speaking of just moving around the internet with a bad attitude, feeling like everyone's dumb, this guy posted a series of tweets on uh, November 12th. His name is Lucas Hedges with two S's. 
he goes, jokes aside, this level of fuck him tweets and comments, not by fans, but by media, literal serious news outlets, etc., over a decade old relationship that lasted three months just because people think it's girl bossy borders on harassment. It's not normal in any way. This is going to continue, but this is about Taylor Swift and Jake Gyllenhaal. Taylor <laughs> Swift and her minions are coming off as psychotic. There's a joke, and there's not knowing when to stop it. Making an ex who just dumped you ages ago the centerpiece of a reissue that's supposed to be about reclaiming the rights to your work is weird as fuck. And she knows what she's doing. Everyone knows it's about Hall, and she's weaponizing that to sell her new album like she's always done. But also, who clings to this shit for so long? It's bizarre. That's the one song you decide to make a short about? Honestly, I don't know what Jake has to be sorry for. If the public persona she projects with her professional decisions is anything like herself privately, she sounds insufferable. Thank God he's away from her and dumping and good for him for dumping her crazy ass. And then he writes last one. I should have specified that I wasn't asking for her crazy fans input on this. Anyway, always oh, sorry. Always useful to lead with that. I mean, like, first of all. That is a man who just is so diametrically opposed to like my spirit as a human being, my morals. He is someone who I don't think I could get through a conversation with. Just if that's the hill you're dying on, I'm not going to opt in. Yeah, I think I actually even have fantastic proof that this song couldn't be about Jake Gyllenhaal based on when it was written. And I will link to my TikTok about that in our comment section. But I don't even think this song is about Jake Gyllenhaal. And I think most people are saying fuck Jake Gyllenhaal in like a jokey way. Like I have no reason. I have no reason to believe that people are actually like coming for Jake Gyllenhaal. And also, even if they are very seriously coming after Jake Gyllenhaal, who who gives a shit? I I, I don't think Jake Gyllenhaal is like really pressed about it. I I think he has his own thing going. I mean, I very much have always felt that because people have been so convinced that this is about him. And maybe it's because Dear John seemed like such a direct shot, even though she never said it was about Mayer. Like, she's never really specified that this is about Jake Gyllenhaal. She never does specify that these songs are about whoever they are. I, 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 I mean, I don't know, man. I just think that, like, I, I don't know. I, You know I think it's probably about a chick, right? <laughs> oh, really? You guys all know I think it's probably about a chick. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I'm why I subscribe to here's where we lose all of our listeners in Bulgaria. I mean, listen, <laughs> I subscribe to the idea that this whole thing was like a PR relationship and that part of the deal for him, as crazy as it sounds, he's always been sort of like, you know, flattered to have maybe have had a song written about him. Like, like he's never said anything bad about her. He's never done anything like that. Like, I've always sort of felt like this is a, there's like a mutual thing going on here. She even lent her song Wildest Dreams from 1989. She recorded it and re- released it early because it's going in a movie that Jake Gyllenhaal is starring in. Yeah, that, I think that was definitely uh, a PR relationship. I mean, it was so short-lived. I, you know, they got their cute pictures together. I don't think there's any ill will. I think 
he does not care what a bunch of people are saying about him on Twitter. I mean, it's not sticking to him. Also, like, let's just do this other thing. Let's just get this out of the way. Like, Taylor Swift has dated, or sorry, she has written songs about five men in the over 13 years that she has had a career that she started when she was 16 years old. And she's been with the same boyfriend, for which I do think is a real relationship, just to clarify. <laughs> she's been with him for like four years. Like, are, are, like, are you bullying a 16-year-old for becoming popular? Like, because that's what it feels like. It feels like everyone's like, oh, she's just like a wench who like uses men and she's bitter. Um, Didn't like Paul McCartney write a song like airing out the way John Lennon like treated his son? And it was like one of the most celebrated songs of all time. Because to me, that hits a little bit different than like you took my virginity and then like told me that I was too young for you. Because that's like, I to me, that's very like light work. And I feel like something a lot of people can relate to. Like not a lot of people can relate to their band member marrying Yoko Ono and having like no sense or feeling for their oldest child and completely abandoning him and taking him in because you guys are all in this like incestuous band where you probably have all done drugs and orgies together. Like that's like what that to me feels like way more purse. And, like, way more of a hard slam than anything. I'm kind of surprised, too, that, like, in this post-Me Too world, that we're still kind of going after Taylor in the same way we did when she first, you know, was going through her boy drama and writing about it. Like, I can't believe we still care who she's – the men that she's writing about, like – yeah. I know. He what uh, guess what Jake Gyllenhaal was like significantly older if she wants to like keep burning it down if if it really is about him burning like, it down right <laughs> like go for it like <laughs> who cares I also like I think that in some sad ways this is like uh something that I it hit me yesterday and I think it's very true I think whether she did this intentionally or not, I think that she had to release Folkmore and Evermore as like an olive branch to angry white men mm-hmm. in order for her re-records to be received in such an enthusiastic way by the public. That's, yeah, that makes complete sense. I mean, she probably really upset the white men with um, admitting that she was not actually their Aryan queen and she had to get back in the good graces. Well, also it's just sort of this like, fuck you little attitude that men have in general. And I think a lot of women have this like same internalized misogyny, which is like, it's just like, she's just like a little girl. Like she's just like a little girl who like has fits and tantrums and like, she's just, you know, she's stupid. She makes dumb music. It's so annoying. And I think, like, her working with The National and Bon Iver asked at least the somewhat evolved people to give her music a chance and see that, like, this is the type of songwriting she's always been capable of. It's just now it's here in a version for you because you've made all the young girls who love her music feel bad about themselves for so yeah. long. Mm-hmm. Ugh. I hope she just continues to piss them all off. Like, listen... 
that that subsect of the world got to experience her music in the way that they like to experience music. She's talented. She's great. If you want to get on board and stay on board, you're more than welcome. If not, like, yeah, the the frivolous young women will keep listening to Taylor. Okay. For and, sure. And you can opt out. I saw a girl on TikTok today, like she had just had her wisdom teeth surgery and she was crying to her mom in the car because everyone loves Red now. And when Red came out when she was in middle school, everyone bullied her for it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, that feels right. That feels right. I get that. All right. That that resonates with me. That really does. Anyway, back to the whoopster. Okay. Oh, yes. So Whoopi turned 66 this week and she was trending. And so I decided to click through on the trend just to explore my queen. And I got a little advertisement for Whoopi's favorite things, which <laughs> we know, you know, without even checking, it's about to be some like buck wild shit. Like it's, uh, you just know it's about to be like things that are so accessible. It's not that Oprah stuff. This is like, I mean, it's beyond accessible. I'm surprised that there wasn't just like a foot cream on this list. <laughs> Actually, there might even be if I haven't fully investigated it. But she did a segment where she shared her favorite things on The View. And we're going to play that for you um, as much of it as we can, really. It's my birthday. And since I'm always on the lookout for unique gifts for people, I want to show you some of my favorite things. So let's get started. If you ever wanted to know how my hair looks so fabulous every day, it's because of these Conair comfy curlers that my hairstylist Derek Monroe uses. Now, they are $8.99 for a set of eight. They're available at RiteAid.com. They're soft, they're bendable, they have no hard metal or nope. plastic parts, and you can use them on damp hair or dry hair. And you set them before bed and wake up looking like me. Okay. All right. So the soft curlers, you you know the ones. They're like little sticks. You fold the hair up in it and you flip them over. So the three models on the box are white women. And then the model they cut to, who's supposedly backstage at The View, is also a white woman. I was surprised to learn that these would work on black hair. I absolutely was too. And I was really looking at Whoopi's hair and I was like, how does this, specifically mm. on her, the way her hair is styled, mm -hmm. I, I'm surprised that the, the curlers do anything because they're it just doesn't seem like her hair like is light dread, enough. Yeah. It's right? like a dread, it, like, like a braided dread almost or something. And I was just surprised to learn that a, a little foam roller is really like doing some damage on her hair. Well, ad additionally, you know, she says that her stylist at The View uses them. And maybe he does. Maybe he puts them in her hair before she's done for the day. And she goes home and sits with them all day. But the way she describes is that you put them in before bed and you wake up looking like this, which, I mean, honestly, I'm going to be real with you, Dara. I don't want to accuse Whoopi of this, but I think she's lying. I think I she's think, lying. I think this is the first tip that these might not really be Whoopi's favorite thing. <laughs> All right, let's continue. <laughs> and, so, and so you look, so you all look fabulous. You're each getting a set of curlers. 
You know, this, this year physically for me has been a, a little rough. I've had a lot of back pain and all kinds of crazy stuff, so I want to turn you on to the Thurgood Mini. It's a must-have. They are $199. They're available at Thurgood.com. She's calling it Thurgood. It's the Theragun. <laughs> I am desperate for a Theragun, so I don't even care if she's lying to me. I would beg, borrow, and steal. Oh, I have one, and it's really a game changer. It truly is. I, like, don't know why for some reason, like, that's the, oh, that's the line of extravagance for me. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I have, I've paid $199 for stupider things. I've paid $199 for, like, Taylor Swift merch easily <laughs> this this month. So, I, I, I mean, I could have 10 Theraguns, but I need to just go with it. Maybe that's going to be, my mom always asks me what I want for Christmas, and I, I'm always like, I don't need any like you know what I mean but you have to tell your mom what you, you have want. to give them something I but they also have I think I have a knockoff Theragun and it it works the exact same and it, I think it was like a hundred dollars okay okay hit me up with the link I, I was will. thinking of going for like a multi-use vacuum like a little Dyson because my current vacuum is just like very big and bulky and I'm thinking if I have like one of those does floors, but also vacuums traditionally for carpet type things. I feel like Dyson does that. Yeah. Isn't there like a $500 like handheld Dyson and it like you can use it five different ways or something? Maybe um, that's what I'm going to be asking for. I think you, I, I know some people who have it and they swear by it. Yeah. Mom can use a coupon too. She's thrifty. She'll find it. <laughs> She'll find it at Costco or something. Oh, hell yeah. I'm glad to hear positive reviews. I'm going to get to this next item that absolutely blew my mind um, right here. Now, hold on a second. Get ready this holiday season because Disney just launched new products spanning the Star Wars galaxy. And I have a firsthand look at two of those items, starting with the Star Wars Galactic Snack and Grogu. Now, they are $79. So one of Whoopi's favorite things is Star Wars Galactic <laughs> Snackin' Grogu. <laughs> I mean, before, I mean, I don't think Whoopi's been in any, like, Star Wars movies, right? I mean, maybe she could have been. I don't think so. Well, okay, okay, so watching this entire video, the entire time I was oscillating between, like, is this one big ad or is Whoopi... Or is this Whoopi? Because it's so wild and she does such a great job selling that she actually likes these things, which I right. guess is why she has an EGOT. But I, when she got to this, I was like, I could kind of see her being like a really random, like baby Yoda fan or something. I, I could actually see that being legit more than almost anything on this list. Because truthfully, I think like, the whoopee would be like, oh, this Theragun thing, it's like a lot of noise. Like, I don't need to like punch myself in the back. Like, that's not actually helpful. Like, I feel like she's very, she has like really clear cut rules that yeah. are surprising unless you've watched this show since its inception, like myself. But yeah, I mean, this is kind of obviously, I think one of their traditional segments they do about like great gifts for mom. And it's just like the two hosts walking through all of these products that have you know, been paid to be there, but I kind of am just like, I kind of don't know how they get away with this segment. 
I okay, so I can tell you this. My mom is a loyal, loyal view watcher, and they have this one segment where they it's similar where they walk through all these products and they're completely random as hell and they give you like a coupon code. I can't tell you how many times I've gotten just like weird tote bags and slippers in the mail and my mom like, did you like it? I I saw it on The View. I got it from The View. It was only $12 with my coupon. So I think they just really, like I think my mom would watch this segment and she would be like, she would not question any of this at all. Right. Yeah, no, I mean like, so this is the thing. It seems like, well, I know in like children's television, it's like very explicitly illegal to do anything like this. But I mean, basically you're paying to watch a ad or you're like mm-hmm. you know not paying you're just like pa- like passively watching an ad one thing i will say though that was on this list that's surprised me and i don't think we'll get all the way there in the video but whoopi has a line of ugly christmas sweaters and socks and gloves that she sells at nordstrom <laughs> that was from north that? that was from nordstrom yes Oh my god. The brand I, is Whoopi. Oh my god. Okay, so when she was rolling out the Christmas stuff, it took me a while to realize that oh no no no, she she crudely designed this like on on the back of a napkin and then they made this. I I'm thought it was just like I thought she just was like, "Oh, I like these Christmas sweaters," but then she talks about how she tried to design it and then they made it better oh i i got it okay that makes sense that makes sense she's also giving out a uh disney plus year subscription which i think makes sense in that like i think sister act three is coming out and that would probably be on disney plus yeah oh my god okay seeing these sweaters up close it's unbelievable and then also knowing they're 99 dollars Yep. It is so shocking. It's unbelievable. Truthfully. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe we should move uh, to Busy Phillips. Okay. Unfriending Chris Pratt. She's done. <laughs> what do you think? Tell me about your thoughts on the Chris Pratt Instagram post to begin with. Okay, so I I really discussed this a lot back and forth with my fiance. We were kind of like we were shocked by it and the days were going by and the the conversation continued and I at first I was really surprised that he didn't at least amend the post, the post in some way, like specifically the part about my healthy baby girl. Like I I was waiting for that just that one word to be deleted as just like a a recognition that like, oh, maybe I said the wrong thing. My, you know, my other child, Jack, is, you know, he's just as worthwhile a child, even though he's not as healthy or whatever. Right. Like edit it to add, like add a little thing saying like, you know, like not even just erase it because I feel like that. that, Yeah. Running from something. But, like, maybe do a second post of you and your son. Exactly. And say, like, 
and say like, you know, some people are misunderstanding my post from the other day. Like, just want to let you know, I love this guy more than anything. You know, it's not, I mean, it's not like, I, I feel like a healthy baby is something that all people really ask for. And I, I think I said this last week, but it's not like a baby could really have any like qualities right. outside of maybe being like cute and healthy. And not um, having an adult size nose. Right. There's that. Right. <laughs> so I think that like, I think that in some ways it's like, he's just, he he's dumb and he wrote that in like a dumb way. But I, I really, I, I understand like why it hit, it hit so many people wrong for sure. 100%. Well, so actually, so at first I was like, okay, I think he's just like an idiot. But then as he just like let the post sit and he he really just, you know, he was not going to amend anything. Kind of going back to the the David Dobrik of it all of like, why would you post that? Oh, there's nothing that you do that isn't calculated. He is an A-list celebrity and he has like the top PR people. He put that out. I think knowing full well what he's doing. Wow. And here's why. And I will credit this to my fiance because he came up with this and I think he's completely right. Proud of you, babe. Love him. It's why I'm marrying him. Okay. Um, For his hot (laughs) pop culture takes. (laughs) That's as good a reason of any as any, like truthfully. (laughs) But he said, oh, you know what? You're totally right. It is completely calculated. And he is going to position himself as like this evangelical king and he's going to run for office. I I completely agree with that. I mean, I was saying last week on this show that like whenever people talk about Republicans in Hollywood, they always throw out like Dean Cain and like Scott Baio and like people you don't really hear from. Mm-hmm. anymore but like actually here's a republican in hollywood chris pratt who is going to be mario and garfield's like this guy is like a massively endorsed and i think by america celebrated dude and it's oftentimes it's people who are unaware of his politics like i'm sure there's some who like him because of it for sure but i think for most people who really enthusiastically support him they probably don't even know and i think there's probably a lot of people that like really don't cross our sphere who do know and they're getting more and more invested in him. And I think like, I think the way he talks about his wife is a little more obviously calculated if, if this is what he's angling for, because I think a lot of people would read that and like find it very relatable, really respond to this sort of dog whistle of like, I'm the man, I do less, she's my property, and like she love and she fucking loves it. But, and this is maybe a little more low-key conspiracy theory, but not really. The healthy baby thing, I think it's kind of like, you know, Darwinism, survival of the fittest, like Nazi adjacent, like this is my healthy baby. She gave me a healthy baby. This because is she's pure because she's pure. She's Christian, you know. My floozy Jezebel of an ex-wife. Yeah, the big pot smoker. The big pot smoker gave me my unhealthy child, and this pure-blooded woman gave me a strong, strong Christian baby. 
Exactly. And like people, you know, also have to remember because I think sometimes people don't really know like the more more intense version of Christian they are, which is like Hillsong Christian, which is like, I don't know, its own offshoot of Christianity because it's basically a cult. But Mm -hmm. they're really big on like the first person in our relationship is Jesus. And Mm -hmm. we have to love Jesus more than we love each other. And then the default goes to the man is like the head of the family. He is everything. And his, you know, he needs his trad wife to support him. And so you're right. I do think that there's a little that's definitely being illustrated here is that, you know, she's supportive of him in, in those ways, which is more valuable than like literally anything else that could be true about her. So Busy Phillips has a podcast called Busy Phillips is doing her best. And according to Up Rocks, these are some of the comments that she made this week. You're probably not the type of lady that will laugh enthusiastically if you're with a man and he starts to make very tired gender uh, gender jokes about responsibilities and duties. And even like the fucking tired bit that he's doing, which is like she runs the show and I occasionally open a, a bag of pickles. She said. <laughs> That's how fucking dumb what he said is. You're not you're a, you're a Marvel superhero. You made 480 million last year. You work nonstop. You don't just open a fucking jar of pickles. And then she we get to the Ken Griffey Jr. key card and he goes, "He has possessions and she's one of them. What she does in their household is probably a lot. She probably does a lot of the domestic labor. They have a kid and whatever. That is actually legitimately a lot of fucking work." But by the way, he's talking about himself, putting himself in it, in the center of it, which makes it seem like it's bullshit. You know, I do kind of agree that, like, I kind of feel like he would be the guy that doesn't let his wife have nannies. Oh, absolutely. I'm not letting nannies raise my children. Like, you're doing it. I pay for everything. So, well, like, this is taking over. Yeah, this is like the sacrifice that we we make. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I will go out and make 480 million, but you need to be there every day for our child. Like if there is a babysitter, it's probably like, you know, someone from Hillsong who stops in when they go on date nights. But I do feel like she probably is doing a majority of the actual parenting, which is, I think, one people like, you know, the way that Busy described it being like a lot of labor like truthfully I don't know that she's like maintaining their compound or whatever they live like that <laughs> I don't think that she's doing all of that and I do think that probably that one of the hardest jobs in the world is being a full-time mom but yeah, I couldn't I, do it honey <laughs> I couldn't do it honey no 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 <laughs> no 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 I want to get into some more stuff but you guys I think we should wrap it up here please check out the bonus links this week there's Lil Nas X is going to be on the Maury show. Maybe we'll save this for next week because he's appearing on Wednesday, but he's doing a bit that's been done before. Christine Sadelko, Elijah Daniel, and Tana Mongeau went on Murray first, like four or five years ago. And I think they were the first people to like do a sketch, essentially, where they were like in a love triangle. And like, meanwhile, like Elijah's gay and like, you know, it's. <laughs> Like they were just sort of like making up a crazy storyline based on their internet personas. And it's interesting because I've 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 seen how much Lil Nas X seems to be inspired by Elijah Daniel. If you guys aren't familiar with him, he's like the guy who wrote the gay Bible. He has like Donald Trump sucking his dick tattooed on his leg. He was also on my podcast, Please Advise, a while back. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that coming out. Dara, what episode do you have coming out of your podcast this week? 
Um, so I have a storytelling episode coming out. It's another installment of The Girls Next Door. We're nearing the end of the season. So if you haven't listened, you can go back and, and binge all of the episodes and uh, catch up. Yes, and always check out Dara on Mother May Sleep a Podcast. Her appearances are great. And I think last time we just spent most of the last like 45 minutes discussing the concept of Dara's wedding pictures being in a cranberry bog. Which yes. All, all of our listeners out there, if you have any connections at any sort of cranberry bog, we would that I please help my friend get her dream photo shoot that she deserves. I just think everyone should experience a cranberry bog in their life. And I've yet to experience that. And I really want it on the most important day of my life, you know? <laughs> Wait, you, so you've literally never seen one? No, I've only I've only experienced it through the the cranberry juice commercials and also secondhand through friends who have been there. They say it's a, a transcendent experience. It is, it's it's really cool. I I'm just mind blown. We're two New England girls. I cannot believe you've never even like driven past a bog. Yeah, you know, I lived in southern New Hampshire where we weren't very bog centric. Right. And and listen, yes, did I go to a, a Bertucci's for a class field trip? Sure. They weren't taking us to cranberry bogs. It was it was very low budget. Right, right, right. I love Bertucci's though too. Oh. Incredible. Don't get us started on uh, New England pizza. No, Papa Gino's, you'll never hear the end of it. All right, you guys, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. I'm so excited for this episode coming up with Fluently Forward. I'm so excited to be able to offer you like a main feed bonus episode. And we also have tons of bonus stuff up on our Patreon as well. And yeah, subscribe, tell your friends, you're the best. Bye. <laughs> That look like a double G Every girl in here 10 But it ain't no Tennessee And you might just get some money But it ain't no guarantee Double G's on the left Double G's on the right And you know I stay in Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger And I am extremely excited to invite you To Rachel Uncensored It's my podcast where I sit down And get real with my friends and celebrity guests Where we talk about all sorts of topics And sometimes we might be under the influence When we do so We cover things from personal stories To hot button issues And it's the only place on the internet You can find an uncensored version of me It's a side of me that you might not have seen before Because it's not the most family or brand friendly But don't worry I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being If you're intrigued Then make sure you check it out New episodes drop every Wednesday You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Or wherever you listen to podcasts Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.